Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Wajani wina. Jankishina. Hini karagi wina. Hanach Nipi. Karajara wi. Pierchi. Wawanangshina. Hiji karek jawi. Good morning and greetings from the land of 11 nations. Or as everyone else calls it, Wisconsin. I am doing fantastic this morning. Matter of fact, not only am I feeling good, I am excited and thrilled about this upcoming year. Now, we should never get too excited and subjugate ourselves to some arbitrary date, some arbitrary point in our planetary sojourn. But here we are, getting all jacked up as we cracked open another calendar. Cool. So be it. <clears throat> Anyways, I am doing fantastic this morning, and I sincerely hope everyone else is as well. What was so much going on in the world today, and it is so busy out there in the big wide world today, I just thought that maybe we could get together, spend a couple of minutes together, and focus on what's going on in our little part of the world. To each and every one of you who takes a little time out of your busy lives and spends that capital here with me, thank you. Time is our most precious commodity, and the fact that you choose to spend a little bit of yours with me is very humbling. If you like what you hear, and if you don't like what you hear, if you have questions, if you want to contribute some thoughts and or ideas, call me up if you have my number. I'm almost always in my office and would love to conversate with you. If I don't answer, I'm probably struggling with Thanos as I attempt to save the world. So, leave a message. If you don't have my number, fear not. We can still contact each other. The easiest way is to gmail me at moneycucksick at gmail.com. I'm really good at getting back to my gmail, so crush me in 2023 with thoughts and ideas. Let's all try to think outside the box this year. Nothing is too outlandish. Well, heavier than air flight will never happen. But outside of that, anything goes. I can also be reached at Chipotle Facebook page, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Well, 2023, what are we looking at? I, for one, will not be doing a year in review. I hate that garbage. We all know what we did and didn't do, so why rehash it? I know, there's that George Santayana quote, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. There's also this infamous quote, those who drive with their eyes locked on a rearview mirror are condemned to drive headlong into a big truck. So, pick your poison. I prefer moving forward. 2023. My big wish and hope for the nation is we finally separate business from government. Number two is we actually make quorum for General Counsel 2023. Number three is we have the biggest turnout and vote totals for this upcoming election. Number four is we all make a concerted effort at speaking and writing fluent Ho-Chunk this year, with our goal of 10% of our nation being fluent. Number five is we get a constitutional convention convened. Number six is government transparency. Now, there are some other items that the nation needs, obviously. Housing, health, per cap, and a children's trust fund, and investment fund, and education come to mind quickly. Also, wages in our casinos, sea stores, and bureaucracy. These have to be addressed and quickly if we are to remain competitive in terms of quality of employees. Finally, 
we might want to take a peek at our relationship with our employees who aren't Ho-Chunk. With America's Place Casino opening up in Waukegan within the first couple of weeks of 2023, one of the main complaints of people no longer working for indigenous casinos, anecdotally now, was the lack of upward mobility, no career path because of native preference. Might we take a look at this policy and see if it is really helping the nation? Or are we simply catering to a few individuals that are playing the system to their advantage and convenience? This is a tricky little booger because for so long we have had quote-unquote Ho-Chunk preference. But initially this was put in place because of some, in some of our communities employment was sorely lacking for Ho-Chunks. So we put the Ho-Chunk policy in place to help out the people in these communities. But after all these years, I believe the policy is becoming detrimental to our businesses and government, and we are rewarding poor behavior. As I said, it's a tricky little booger because anyone who raises this issue is going to get some major blowback, politically speaking. Now, there are only six items on my wish list, but they are big ones, and we need to address these, in my humble opinion. Let's quickly go through them. Number one, separating business from government. We should have done this already, but for a variety of reasons, I'm still flapping my soup coolers asking, no, begging our legislature to make this change. I'll be doing a series of articles on this topic to highlight other indigenous nations' success and failures on making this change. Some nations have made a complete break, while others have a hybrid situation in place. I like to examine as many, as many as possible and to be fair to our government as possible. Number two is making quorum for general counsel. One of the things I'm always pounding the table about is Ho-Chunk participation. Two of the greatest failures that I see is our lack of participation and our failure to speak our language. Participating in general counsel is so easy that it makes me weep figuratively, not literally, when we fail to achieve quorum. It is one day a year. Our nation, we, us, we pay ourselves to attend an event we used to attend for free. We have limited all the swag to save money. All we have to do is show up and conduct business. There is no point in me trying to shame anyone because we are beyond shame when we fail to attend this one event for the direct benefit of our nation. You don't like the way our president, our legislators, and our judiciary handle our business? You got ideas on a direction our nation should be heading in? Attend General Counsel. Let's make 2023 the year we finally make quorum and attend to Ho-Chunk Nation's business. Number three is making the election of 2023 the largest participation in terms of numbers in our nation's history. During the federal election that just passed, there are and were numerous organizations that went out and pounded the pavement, making sure that every individual who was eligible voted. From some of the numbers I've seen, Wongshik participation was off the charts in Wisconsin. I noticed in one graph the entire upper and western part of the state was red, except for one county, Menominee. This tells me anecdotally that if properly motivated, Wong Shiks will schlep to the polls or vote by mail. 
Now, I'm not a thousand percent sure, but I think all of us can request a ballot by mail and cast that ballot. Now, unless you count lethargy and indifference as an excuse, we can all vote by mail, if need be. We have no excuse not to vote. I saw so many ballots on Facebook, so I know you all care enough to vote in that election. Which is weird when you consider that this election, the Ho-Chunk election, has a more direct bearing on our lives as Ho-Chunks than the, the other election, the general election. You complain about per cap, you complain about employment, you complain about services. Who do you think steers the ship? The people we elect. So get involved in your nation's elections process this year. All of you. Now, every year, every week, every day, a lot of us genuflect at the altar of Ho-Chunk language. But we don't actually make the commitment of learning it. Our language department is doing yeoman's work in putting out Ho-Chunk material for all of us. That is crazy that we still don't speak our language. So, number four, learn the Ho-Chunk language. For this segment, I put down that I thought a third of the nation speaking and writing Ho-Chunk by the end of 2023 was doable. But, not to look like an uneducated swine, I called up some people who spoke Ho-Chunk and who taught the language and asked them if 30% of the nation speaking Ho-Chunk at the end of the year was a responsible number. Well, after the laughter died down, I asked, okay, so about how many people in the nation can speak and write Ho-Chunk right now? Right off the top of my head came the answer, I'd say around 30. I about shipped my pants. 30, I stuttered. That can't be right. What about all the classes? What about all the videos? What about all the money? Look, 30 is just around, like I said, right off the top of my head. There could be more, but we'll just go with 30. We have dedicated students who show up, take the classes, watch the videos, and read and write Ho-Chunk all the time. The thing is, if you don't make that leap from just dabbling in the language to fully committing to the language, you're just going to be one of the Ho-Chunks who say Pinagigi, Nani, Dega, Shrekstra, Haini P, and Jenny Skeraje. You have to speak and live the language. And this is where the disconnect is. So, yeah, this is one of my things that I want accomplished this year. Number five, government transparency. How this is still a thing is beyond me. Every election, all of our candidates say that they want to help their people. And at every legislative meeting, we still have acts, motions, resolutions, executive sessions, and the like. Now, there are only 7,800 of us. How is our government constructed that it seems that it only serves the legislature? I know, I know. If I was within the inner circle of one of our legislators, I would know what's going on. But I'm not. What about the people in the at-large area? How connected, how plugged in are they with what's going on with our legislature, with our governments? The information that they get is only in these stupid legislative reports at area meetings 
and the legislative meetings within uh, from the Wuruk. There are so many different ways to get in contact with members of the nation. Hey, I've got an idea. Come on my podcast and explain some of your goals and decisions, legislators. When you put something out for 45-day review, come on the podcast and explain what the goal of the legislation is. All we talked about was those motions, the legislation, uh, acts, all those things. Come on to the show and explain what those are. You do these things, but we never know what you're doing, except for the people within your circle. So I'm asking, talk to your constituents, write posts, do a YouTube video. We are all trying to move down the same road. Is it possible for us to do it together? Finally, number six, convene a constitutional convention. It's been a number of years since our constitution was written. Now is as good as time as any to take a serious look at it and decide what needs to be adjusted, what is working, and what's not working. I think we've been driving down the road for quite a while now with the engine light on. It's time we took the tape off and took this machine into the shop and have the mechanic throw the old meter on and see what's wrong. Yeah, it's probably going to cost us some blood, sweat, and tears in Judah. You see what I did there? But we should have addressed this some time ago. 2023, let's make this a big year for the Ho-Chunk Nation. Let's not continue to do business as usual. Let's confront our problems and deal with them like our elders set us up to do. Our elders gave us this government with the hopes that we would take it and do great things for our people. So, let's do great things for our people this year. I've written six major things that I think we can address as a nation to move us forward. In the coming months, I challenge the rest of the Ho-Chunk Nation to think about what you think are our biggest challenges in the coming year and how you think we should deal with them. Write or call me. Write a letter to the editor in the Wurok. Post a video on Instagram on a problem and a solution. Post your thoughts and solutions on Facebook. Let's become a nation of doers. Let's become a nation of action. Once we were warriors. Once we ran an empire. It's up to us to return to those days. Let's begin today. Greetings, everyone. So, in the interest of fairness, uh, we made a couple of mistakes last week while um, we conveyed some information. So, I thought it uh, only fair to ask John Warner back on and uh, clarify some thoughts and statements. So, uh, Happy New Year, sir. How you doing? Happy New Year, Shelby. How you been? Oh, fantastic. I'm a, I'm a little rough. I've got a little, uh, after plowing and snowing and the minus 50 degrees weather and here and and in Kansas, I got a little rough on the, the cough. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you letting me come back on and make a couple clarifications. I wanted to make sure people understood the, a few things about the county so they don't run off and say, hey, that guy's telling lies. So. <laughs> that would never happen in Indian country, sir. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> so um, let's get to the heart of the matter. What did we get wrong? 
Well, what I should have said and what I was trying to explain is uh, how the the county works. And it's under uh, Title II, um, Chapter, hold on, let me get to the top of this thing. It's Chapter 2, Subsection 7, which is the standing committees. And those are the seven standing committees organized by Dane County. And I kind of gave you the wrong thing. It wasn't the zoo. those are one of the boards, so I'll get into that. So the the seven is the uh, Personnel and Finance Committee, Health and Human Needs, um, Public Protection and Judiciary, Public Works and Transportation, the Environment, Agriculture, Nature, and uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then we have, hold on, excuse me, I'm still running through the full list of them. Um, the UW Extension and... The, I believe, last one. Where are you? Oh, the executive committee. Sorry about that. And uh, then they've got about 40 other um, commissions and boards. Now, the boards and the commissions are um, appointed by the county executive, Joe Parisi, and approved by the uh, county board members. And there's about 40 of those. And I can't even begin to enter all the lists of those, but those are all on the website for your perusal. perusing. And uh, when I said that we help to run the meetings, what we do is we accommodate, so we help and we take notes in the meeting minutes. The the chair of the subcommittee runs the meeting and the members of the subcommittee are doing the vote. So none of the executive staff that helped to run these meeting, these subcommittee meetings actually do any voting or do a lot of things. But what they do is they help guide it. And that's about it. So I just wanted to make sure that was really clear that, uh, you know, it's not the executive running that thing. But I also forgot to mention that there there are 40 commissions and other boards that the county has established through the board. And then the executive, the county executive appoints those members. So it works. You know, we've had um, we had a commission that the the Ho-Chunk Nation legislature established. So it's, you know, it's kind of against the against the grain of how normal governments work or should be working. I think you talked about that in a couple of your other podcasts. So basically, um, how many people are in the city of uh, Madison? Uh, what is that, 320? Well, well, so I work for Dane County, so it's the county of Dane. Right, I'm sorry, yeah. Is, so there, you know, it includes all the metro areas. So I would say... Um, I can tell you in just a second, I'm on the thing. I think it's about a half a million people reside in Dane County or a little bit more. And um, how many uh, how many people are on the uh, board? There are, I want to say there's 27 board members. Man, 27 just... board members uh, on the county board. So is that like uh, the... Like the Milwaukee City Council is, is that basically the same thing? Is that what we're looking at? Because well, it'd be Milwaukee County. So okay, far. okay, so yeah. Dane County is, you know, I, I reside in Sauk County, so I think Sauk County has, um, I want to say last count was twenty nine or twenty one, twenty one or twenty nine. They went through a reduction, um, and Dane County, I believe, has twenty seven. Or maybe even they they dropped their number from it was something like thirty six at one time, 
Okay, so um, that's uh, well, that's a that's a fair amount of people that they're representing. So, I do. Yeah, it's all by district in the area. So there's five hundred sixty-three thousand nine hundred fifty people as of twenty twenty-one in Dane County. All right, so I think we pretty much cleared that up. Um, if anybody has any questions, you know, feel free to call me or uh, email John Warner. You know, <laughs> you can actually go to the website and find all the information out yourself. It's pretty open facing on that. And you know, I talked a little bit about the Open Meetings Act. You know, you can find that um, if you're interested. The um, the uh, Wisconsin State uh, Attorney General Department of Justice actually does a lot of that regulation, and they they have a very uh, uh, they have a great uh, document that you can kind of read that tells how the government's supposed to act in open meetings and um, how you're penalized and what violations. So, you know, you can get fined between $25 and 300. You can um, get for forfeiture. You basically, um, you can be action brought by the general counsel or a private citizen can sue you. So you lose your, your immunity. You know, if you do something in, that violates the Open Meetings Act uh, in the state. So, you know, when I said it's illegal, there are some repercussions. It's not like you become, uh, uh, you know, hardened criminal. But what it does is it, it opens you up civilly. Um, and a common the common citizens would have standing to take you to court. And I know you've talked about oh, standing. Boy. Yeah, let's not. Well, you know, go ahead. Bring that up because it's important that. Whereas the county of uh, Dane, you can challenge the government in court, but it doesn't. But it doesn't seem like uh, the whole chunk nation. You can challenge the legislature in court. Yeah, that's a kind of a one of the kind of a weird thing. You know, it's a it's a sad thing, but most of you know most of the states you can challenge your government and the institution that's bringing that bring whatever forward you know the resolutions or the ordinances you can actually or decisions of the ledge of the um, county boards can be brought to court and um if, and the courts recognize that citizens have an integral part of the decision making process you know i think what we have uh slipped a little bit different from them is that we have the fourth branch which is the general council and we the people when we assemble need to remember that there's one little simple thing that we need to do and that's to authorize our individual citizens to take our government to court based on the resolutions we provide so you know we, as the people in the general council, could probably go through and create a resolution forcing the uh, the legislature to make a law that says the people can object to the law and bring it to court, and it doesn't and it doesn't necessarily have to have that particular standing. Well, let know? me let me ask you on that particular subject. I don't want to get this all wonky, but you bring up a good subject. Um, why do we need? If we are the people, the legislature, I mean the general council, we are the people. Can't we make a law ourselves 
No, because the Constitution is very specific in the roles and duties. You had uh, Henry on, on, on here before kind of telling you what General Counsel does. General Counsel sets the policy and the direction. What we want is, let's say, X. And, and X might be, we want um, the legislature to uh, amend the Open Meetings Act uh, to not allow for um, not allow for executive session without blah, blah, blah. So we put that in a resolution and we tell them to act on that. So they have to come back and they have to change your law to the spirit or the intention of what the resolution was for general counsel. So that is our process. See, in the Dane County environment, you know, the, the, the county boards are making these resolutions and then the citizens, if they if it affects them, they'll take it to court and say, eh, I don't agree with that. And then the court will allow them to hear it and say, yeah, it's right or wrong. But with us, because we have that fourth branch, which is the general counsel, we the people, and it says so in the preamble, give all of our rights to the general counsel assembly. So in other words, we as individuals can vote, but... What we what we can't do is act until the general counsel agrees with us. Do you understand the difference? Right? Yeah, we're a yeah, it's... we're a member of the nation, but because we have that fourth branch of government, we have given that fourth branch all the power to make you know to undo things, right? And if you read what the those are some really huge powers, we just never had wielded them properly because well, we don't have legal help we you know sometimes we think we can do one thing and we can't do thing things that we can't touch or money you know that's not our right. purview you know we can't make law but we can suggest what we want we can't prosecute you know these are all the things that that segregate us to the power we are the most powerful branch as a general council member but we're not general council until you're in general council no i, I yeah, correct absolutely all right well i don't want to go off on this tangent i just kind of no. wanted i had a subject i wanted to talk to you about and um well i'll just get into it i don't know if you've been listening but um, one of the things that i've been banging my head again on the uh, ground on is the separation of business and government and so i figured with the election coming around and we're gonna have new uh, members on the board possibly i mean uh new members of the legislature possibly a new president if our president uh chooses not to run but um i want to know if the new legislature comes out with guns ablaze. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say guns with you. How about if um, <laughs> they come out full Ooh, of piss? I'm <laughs> if they come out full of piss and vinegar, and they want to get uh, this uh, separation of uh, government, business, and government, they want to do it day one. As soon as they walk in the door, that's what they're going to do. How do they go about doing that? Well, when you separate business from government. The easiest, you got to decide which business you're talking about. Because the easiest solution is the uh, low-hanging fruit, which is uh, hotels, food and beverage, gas stations. Those could be done in uh, by resolution, and they could actually probably put into law and then allow the executive to accept it by, by transferring the business management of those entities to a section 16 or section 17 corporation. I, me, 
would think that the easiest solution is to transfer it to 12 clans because it already exists and it has a competent board. Otherwise, they'd have to come out and develop a new Section 16, get new board members, yada, yada, yada. So that's the easiest low-hanging fruit. That takes zero to no interaction by um, the federal government. Okay. But if we were to transfer the casinos, the, the second easiest casino would be to transfer Madison. Because we could adopt a management contract for Madison because it's a class two, which we, the tribe, regulate through our commission. So it could, too, also be easy to transfer, but it would take a little bit more uh, a technical navigation in, in the law and, and properly manage that contract. Okay, well, now, how, wh what's the framework for the people? I mean, what do they have to do? What are they looking at? What are we looking at? How do we set this up for them? So that they don't have to do any heavy lifting. It's already been done. Well, most contracts are, we, we've already had gaming management contracts and management contracts that existed. You remember when we were shooting at each other with, uh, oh, what was that, um, Buffalo Nickel or, or was it Golden Nickel? Yeah, I was nowhere near the place, so you can't blame me. Can't blame me either. They did ask me to come back, but uh, <laughs> luckily I didn't get into the fray. Uh, but we've had contracts in the past that have, have been uh, put out there. And it's really, um, these are all pretty much boilerplate standard management contracts that, that can be brought up. And it's not that difficult. And the legislature has the power to uh, sign those contracts and to put it forth. So it's a real easy slam dunk thing. It's a matter of getting those legislators on board, you know, something like that. I, I don't know what their LOA says on it, but it might maybe a two-thirds majority vote for that to occur, or it could be as simple as a 50%. And I'm thinking based on the LOA to approve that contract, it would just be 50%. And it just and it's and it's here. Here's a contract. We're going to sign this. We're going to agree to it. We're going to let let's say twelve clans run the operation, and then the president will have to then take that authority and transfer those people from the government employment to the twelve clans employment, because like Spectra, those employees would then become. Our government employees would transfer from us to the 12 clans organization, and then they would become employees of 12 clans. Okay, so this is going to involve at least a couple of heads here to get this um, rolling in the correct direction. It would take a few good heads to make it necessary. That was the original reason that, uh, you know, I told you a long time ago, we were look, I, I developed a process of trying to get a Section uh, 17 going. It was called Shooter Corporation. It was in, um, I presented it at a development committee, and that's kind of the birth of where 12 plans came from. The reason behind that is we in the Department of Business were trying to become more business organized and business management led. And um, there are lots and lots of templates out there that are very easily replicated. And in as many legal firms as we've employed and hired and got contracts with, it should be a, a snap of a finger and a, and a wave of a wand, and it could be done uh, for for uh, for our sea stores and food and beverage and hotel operation. It could probably be done in uh, a month. Uh, I would say. Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison 
if there's a lot of framework out there that exists right now, we could probably have it done in maybe two, two and a half months. Because the, remember, the legislature can move quickly on budgets and transfer open and close. It's not like we work in a vacuum. I mean, they don't. We don't really do a lot of legislation, and, and budgets are relatively easy to, to to move around in a relatively short period of time. So, those two low hanging fruits, i.e., um, the non gaming entities and the um, and the class two facilities, could move relatively quickly. The one that's a little bit more difficult is the class three operations, and the reason the class three operations are a little bit more difficult is because the National Indian Gaming uh, Commission's involved in approving those management contracts. So, again, Golden Nickel was a previously approved IGRA management contract, and we were under it. So it's not like we haven't ever done it before. It just takes a little bit longer to get in action. So if we were to push some of our class three operations over, it would probably take us six months. I mean, everybody dragging their feet, you know, because it has to go up to the National Indian Gaming Commission. And I believe the uh, secretary, past secretary of the interior or, or BIA has to sign off on it. Well, as long as it took our legislature to get the, what is it, the NDA agreement with uh, 12 clans just recently... Um, that's why I don't think we should rely on a legislature we have now and we have to start working on the new legislators. Um, how do we get them up to speed? Well, they have to understand that they're, I guess it's a, it's an education process to, to know what government does and to know what business does or, you know, we you economic development is isn't opening more casinos economic development isn't opening businesses or diversifying businesses economic development is actually creating an environment to promote business not necessarily to create diversify see business development does that business development creates new businesses that, those are entities of existing business organizations that do that Economic development is creating the environment for that. So we have to get our new legislators to understand that economic economic development is really about providing the workforce, the educated workforce, to provide the lands and to provide tax breaks for people that want to become entrepreneurs and to bring business into our communities and onto our lands to hire our people or get our people to be entrepreneurs to get into business to license to become hair salon people or, or mechanics in the garages and, and so forth so that's economic development and we got to get our head around that and our new uh, representatives that are saying that they want to become elected officials need to understand the difference between economic development and business development and we also have to remember that being an elected official doesn't make you a business expert. It makes you a government official. And there's nary should the two, two paths cross. It's really difficult for governments to run business. Let business people be business people. Let government be government. And we could very easily, you know, I, I've said this a long time ago with the intent when I was talking about Judah. The easiest solution is for the tribe to tax the casinos at a net win right now. I, you know, I, I've talked about it before in, in that white paper I had called uh, Retiring the Mules in Indian Country. It's if you if the tribe were to present put a net win tax on the casinos, it's basically the same thing of what the states are doing to the 
commercial casinos. So when the, you know, you talk about the, the failure, we've talked about the failure of Linwood as, as a, a commercial casino. You know, you talked about that net win tax of 40, 45%, 50%. That's a huge tax. Right now, we, the tribe, have a compact, and we only agreed to a 5% net win fee. Now, the state calls it a fee because the state can't tax a tribe. But if we're a commercial casino, the state would charge a net win tax on that commercial casino. So we as a tribe could implement a net win tax on our own entities that manage those businesses, and we could withdraw those funds. So it's it's just a matter of how you look at it. Then the government becomes what it is, a government there to provide for the people and to support the people and provide the services. Well, if our legislature, new legislature, was to sign this, would a sunset agreement be advisable just like two or three years to see how this went so it gives the people an out in case we find out that we're not doing any better? Or is this something that we're going to... You don't even need a sunset portion of it. You just write it in the contract that, hey, if you can't perform to these metrics, we'll withdraw the contract and pull it back in the house. Just like when we got out of the contract for gold and nickel. They broke the contract. They violated it. Therefore, we're, you know, we took it back over. So any contract can be broken as long as... If you're not meeting X, Y, and Z you are in default of that contract and just the same way as if the the tribal government doesn't act in good faith they could also say you're defaulting in the contract so if the tribal government gets too involved with the people and violate components or tenants of the contract they can say hey you owe us this money because you got involved well so this, it's a two-way street that kind of reminds me of spectral we were getting the short end of the deal and we never saw what exactly we signed. How do we know what we're signing? How does the people know? Because in a, well, with our class three operations, those are, I think they're generally public information or, or it should be shared with the, the, the citizens. And if the, if the board is worth its weight in gold, they'll openly share what their, what their net win fee will be and how much their distributions and payments will be to the tribal membership. Any, I believe, and this is just me, if, if, if 12 clans were to take over the contract, I would want to see that contract as a, as a shareholder in 12 clans and as a citizen of the Ho-Chunk Nation of Wisconsin. And you think that 12 clans would be forthcoming with this? Because- I believe I believe they would. I, I think they would allow it. Of course, they wouldn't let you take it home or give you a copy <laughs> of it. But, I mean, if you wanted to read the tenets of it and look at it, I'm sure they I, – I, we can do the same thing by establishing a FOIA with our own government. People don't know that we can file freedom of information to get access to things to our current budgets if you want it but the problem is you got to walk into treasury with nothing but a pen and paper and then you get to look at whatever you want but you better really know what you're looking at and know what you're asking for i thought that we didn't have the foia but yeah, uh freedom of information you can go get information to you can get you have it, it's a little bit more difficult we don't have a defined process but you can file for a foia it's, it's not established in law. It's just, okay, 
you want to do this, we'll have to sign this freedom of information and we'll only give you what you specifically state you want to see. You just can't so go in there on a fishing like, expedition. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the fiduciary responsibility. So if you wanted to go look at something, you really could, uh, but you want to formalize it, get an attorney to make sure that they're filing with the Department of Justice so that, you know, everything's on the up and up. It's a costly thing, but it can be done if you've got money to throw around. Yeah, most of us don't have that kind of money. Which is the the good part about having a defined process, which our legislators haven't created by law. So that's something our new people should be looking at also. Yeah, transparency, you know, adjusting the Open Meetings Act, making sure that the uh, Legislative Organization Act is, is correct and in alignment with transparency and openness. You know, we just haven't got that far. And I wish I wish we had a, I, I wish we had more people that would really kind of go along with transparency and quite frankly get a little thicker skin because you know not everybody's going to agree with everybody I, a lot of people don't agree with me that's fine but you know it's it's about bringing it out to discuss it and to, to say this needs to happen for the betterment of all people because you can't work in a vacuum okay i don't want to keep you too late here on new year's day but um can i get you a closing statement what is one thing that all our legislators, new legislators, because our present legislators really aren't working on this, but what is one thing our new legislators should be looking for in this process of transferring, uh, separating business from government? What is, uh, how do they educate themselves? Who do they talk to? What template should they be using? So if they were going to go out and they were going to get smart quickly. There's a couple organizations that provide certifications for uh, um, for elected officials that they could do on their own, and I'm sure the Department of Labor would pay for it. Um, University of Minnesota Duluth has a program that uh, goes into certifications for tribal management. It's a you know week long cert. I believe Northern Arizona has some. But the other thing is they can read a few books. That, um, the Harvard Project has an excellent book out, you know, for for how uh, merging governments and tribal governments should be operating. The University of Minnesota Duluth, our program, they also have a, a new book out, and uh, Dr. Rebecca Webster was the uh, author on it that, you know, talks about how tribal governments should be organized and developed. You know, you brought up that, that um, on how the... the the banks operate in government. If the, the more they learn of how a government works, the better off they will be. And if they always remember that transparency and openness and the fairness of the people are at the forefront of what they're doing, you know, that's what will make us change. And that is what will get us to that separation of business for government. They can't run for office to run business. They need to run for office for governance and governing the people and to make laws to govern the business operations. All right, just and as, as a final aside, how do we uh, what do we do in general counsel when this subject when somebody brings this subject up? What do, uh, is there something we can uh, pursue? 
for separation of business from government, the best we can say is put some deadlines into place um, to properly write that resolution so that we want this done by X period, by this date, and we want it to happen. Let's say we want 12 clans to take it over. We want it done by a year. Because in the Constitution, the legislature is supposed to create, enact, or make things that happen for us. See, if we leave it open and leave people wondering to interpret what our intention is, you know, you get you get 12 different ideas of what's going to happen or 13 different ideas. So when you're writing your resolutions for the general counsel, remember, you've kind of got to be a little bit more specific, take some time and really craft that out. And there are some attorneys that, that are out there that can help write those resolutions to, to make that clear, the intention of what that resolution from general counsel is. And the more people you share that information with beforehand, the easier it is to get approved. Excellent thoughts. Excellent thoughts. Well, um, how about if we just let it go with that? And uh, you have yourself a good evening. And Happy is there New anything Year. else you want to say? Happy New Year. Glad Happy New there. Year, sir. <laughs> Stay warm. <laughs> Stay out of Kansas for a couple weeks, okay? All right. <laughs> All right. Have a good evening, sir. See you. Here we are at the end of another podcast, the first in 2023. Crazy. We started in 2019 in an effort to educate the at-large area on what was going on within the nation. Slowly, our focus has changed into attempting to move the legislature and the office of the president into moving in a direction that benefits the entire nation, and not just those in positions of authority. The wheels of politics move at a glacial pace, despite our people asking for change. We have set, way, we have set ways of doing things, and even if they are detrimental to our government, our people. We continue to do them in the same manner. Our Creator has given us a nation, a homeland, a language, and our elders have given us a set of tools to guide our nation through the environment we find ourselves in. They never asked, they were never asked to do things for their relatives. They saw what needed to be done and they did it. There was no remuneration. It was the simple task of keeping their relatives alive for another day. Existence was brutal. The demands of life required a constant struggle and effort. Sometimes you needed help. Your relatives were there for you. You may not have gotten what you wanted, but you got what you needed. Life has gotten easier in recent times, much easier. Oh, sure, there are modern struggles that our predecessors never had. Paying our internet bills, making sure our uh, deductible has been met for insurance, Wondering how the hell these politicians get elected and stay in office. Our, lever- our elders never went up to go see a shrink because they felt threatened or insecure. When you're up to your backside in snakes and alligators, it's tough to remember that the initial job was to drain the swamp. You woke up and you did what had to be done. Otherwise, your family was without food and shelter. Now I'm spinning this col- colorful yarn to remind everyone that we have a serious responsibility before us. We have an election. Every two years, we elect a new batch of legislators, and every four years, a new president. Look at what I've said. Our leaders in the past would rise above the rest of us simply by their actions. We all knew who these people were, what they accomplished for themselves and for their people. 
Now, the Wuhan virus in Area 4 has shown us that you need not reside in the Black River Falls, Toma, Wisconsin area to be a legislator. What counts is what you have done for yourself and your people in your particular area. We need leaders, people who aren't afraid of being recalled at the first general council because they pissed off their constituents. Instead of making the easy decision, our new legislators have to make the tough call that will enable our entire nation to thrive. Don't let the few loudmouths and rabble-rousers sway your vote in your possible candidacy. We have so many Ho-Chunks who are more than qualified to hold public office, but they resist because ankle biters and small thinkers constantly chirp and plead for the short money, constantly threatening this and threatening that. Our creator, our elders, they gave us a big responsibility, the care and upkeep of the Ho-Chunk Nation. It is not just for us now. It is for our children and our posterity. This election, look for a leader, not a follower. Look for someone who has vision and thick skin. Look for someone who can defer instant gratification for future security for our people. For over 30 years, we've been spinning our wheels, doing the same thing time after time and getting the same tired results. Isn't this the definition of insanity? I think it is. If all the game in a particular area was gone, our elders didn't stay in the same area, eat less food, and hope things would change. No. They packed their belongings, got up, and went to somewhere where the game was plentiful. That's leadership. Well, all the game is gone. It's time to pack up and go. Remember that this election. We have many legislators who are comfortable with us eating less instead of making the tough call and moving. Yeah.